Okay, welcome to Gorilla Literati. My name is Jay Krepka. I'm going to be your host for today. And uh, this podcast slash YouTube channel is brought to you by Big Brother Holding Company and Black Mirror Creative. <clears throat> if you're listening to the podcast or you see this on YouTube, the long version of this, uh, you can find shorts of it on a channel called uh, Black Maria Broadcast, along with some other comedy stuff I'm going to be uploading there. Um, but with that, uh, let's get it. Today we're going to be talking about the possibility of a civil war in America and what that would look like, and is it already here? Mm-hmm. It's fucked up shit. Uh, so I'm of the camp that I think already we're watching the civil war, um, unfold, which is really messed up, uh, because it takes in America, in a free society, uh, one side basically being given free reign, um, to do whatever the hell they, uh, please for, and that's typically how this actually starts, um. And we'll get into that. There's a couple parallels in history for what we're seeing today. Uh, And they're not good. Not good. Um, And as history might not um, repeat itself completely, it does rhyme. So you can kind of see. And also, history is kind of like a chess game. Once one made it, one move is made. Once a piece is taken off the board, there's only so many uh, subsequent moves that can actually feasibly happen <clears throat> now um why do i think there is a civil war um or why why you know why am i talking about this because first of all i'm not the only one talking about it. it's actually kind of a common theme just with how polarized our society is now the good thing is that there's a pendulum switch there's uh or a pendulum swing in American culture and right now as you know there was the eight years of Obama and like the open borders all this stuff and mind you here's the thing I'm actually politically I was a Democrat for quite a long time Um, I'm independent but I lean right on a lot of things except for abortion and immigration somewhat but I'm not an open borders guy just as a caveat but the pendulum is swinging to the right and um the new republicans the new like you know libertarians basically i mean they're like the democrats of 10 years ago um they're just people who aren't buying you know it's funny is the people who are actually on the right are not like your classic neocons or you know um religious right you know then they're just people who realize that um with the constant uh, naval gazing and, um, you know, just uh, like words have become first of all, like changing of language and all this stuff, which is if, you know, look to Orwell, the homie Orwell talking about how when revolutions happen, words and truth are like, you know, just like war. There's a saying, I believe it's Winston Churchill. He says that truth is the first casualty in a socialist revolution language and culture are the first casualties and um you can see that right now what's going on with you know taking established facts of this country and making it into a new reason to have class division today 
<clears throat> which is, you know, that was the thing about communism, why it never could get a hold in this country, is that there's too much upward mobility. I can come to this country, and if I learn English, I assimilate, I do all, you know, work hard at my piddly job, my kids within one generation can go to school, can realize home ownership, can have the American dream, can be a senator or a baseball player or a, you know, put fill in the blank here, whatever the hell it is that you want to be, a movie star, a, a freaking accountant, you can do that in one generation. So the class struggle, if you're looking at like proletariat to bourgeois or bourgeoisie, um, the impetus for that type of thing in America is like, mm, but I'm like a couple years away from being that guy. And it still is that way. But the way to manufacture this like aggression between groups of people is to call upon our racial history. And that's what this all is. That's it's a, a backdoor way of, uh, creating and inspiring a socialist revolution in our time in America. And it's disgusting and it's loathsome and it's, um, but it's taken a hold in a lot of play in the democratic party, you know, until this, you know, the, the socialist Democrats, the, yeah, it's pretty, pretty gnarly. It's pretty messed up to watch this, uh, my country, uh, our country go through this and, um, yeah, but I think we'll come out on the other end, uh, even if we do go to war with each other, messed up as it is, um, I, which, you know, I'm hoping not, and I don't advocate for this. This is not, this is not me saying, I'm just saying historically, here's the parallels and here's what we can do to stop this. And I think it's already being taken care of with the pendulum sling, but we're going to talk about the parallels all the same. So, um, why do I think there would be a civil war? Well, first of all, the way I interpret it is we already are. <clears throat> and it's the left that's fighting the civil war. And you can see it um, when you look at the, the news cycle. And, and I'm not saying like the warped news cycle, and this is where we're going to get into this. It doesn't tell you that the left is fighting a civil war. You have to actually look at reality, boots on the ground, videos from and a lot of that you have to go to twitter shout out to andy no shout out to a lot of people who are like literally um thankful i'm thankful for social media but at the same time not so thankful for social media because it's causing a lot of this artificial outrage and these manufactured crises and this uh, revision of things or at least retelling of things like it's kind of like somebody walking up to you, you know, say if you lost somebody, you know, your wife died, it's kind of, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, or, or, oh, let's say you lost your, your house was foreclosed during the 2008 crisis, right? It's like somebody coming up to you and saying, hey, you remember, you remember about that, you know, you got your house foreclosed and shit, um, all the time is kind of like what we're talking about with slavery, except that, that actually happened to you. We're talking about 
things that happened a long time ago. That being said, the left is fighting a civil war. Um, and the right is not. The, that's It's just Antifa, BLM, groups like this. And BLM is done. And I'll tell you why I think that. <clears throat> Literally, they are just disintegrating into the ethers and they're more of like a uh, marketing ploy. And like anything, once it hits the critical mass of getting really popular, it's like, eh, time to move on to the next thing. <laughs> once, you know, corporations start uh, appropriating it, it's over. Um, so BLM is pretty much over. Now, what that's going to devolve into, we can sort of see this um, happening. But Antifa, uh, they organize, they're actually organized for a fight. Um, you know, the thing like a Proud Boys, you know, or the, th the things on the uh, equivalent or the um, analog for Antifa on the right are all like registered incorporated little groups. You know, they're kind of like the Elks Club or um, the Rotary Club. They're like clubs that have like a board and, you know, a le leadership and say the FBI or anybody like that wants to track these people down, they need only look in the proverbial phone book, i.e. Google, you know, or DuckDuckGo, uh, which is what I use, a uh, little unpaid um, endorsement. But that's that's all that it takes. It's like, okay, so and that's how the indictment's done if they want to indict them. Like, shit, you got the conspiracy right here. All we need to do is tap in on their phone lines if, and see what they're talking about. If that, if there actually, you know, was any criminal wrongdoing. Now, these Antifa groups are actually prepared for the fight. And they've been saying this much. They're not, like, you know, acting like this isn't what they're doing. And the blurred line of, like, what they actually say is fascism is only just capitalism or patriotism and... and not ethno-nationalism, um, it's just, like, nationalistic patriotism, oh, and the thing about, you know, that's just, like, a, taking one small aspect of what was a political phenomenon of the 20th century, and actually a political party in one instance, of the fascist, uh, the, I think it was the fascistas, I think that was actually the name of, um, really the, uh, Mussolini's party um, because the in Spain or in Spain it was National Socialists in Germany and in Spain <clears throat> it was like um, god damn there was the Republicans which were actually aligned with um, the Socialists they were like the and then they were like basically like uh, Marco was like a uh, a uh, royalist or a loyalist um uh, and adapted these nationalistic stuff. Um, but he was called a fascist as an epithet. If you've ever read any of Ernest Hemingway's works or uh, Farewell to, uh, or no, um, Homage to Catalonia by George Orwell, some of these books that cover that period of time. Um, and <clears throat> certainly there's a possibility that our civil war would look something like that. But basically, if we're talking about Antifa, they're mobilized and structured for a fight. They actually are 
fighting in a lot of instances. They're showing up looking for a fight and mobilizing and actually some cases them near doing like paramilitary training or um, like assembling with tactics, planning terror. There's been a lot of instances where either they've been infiltrated or, um, you know, some like, you know, documents have been leaked, stuff like that, where they're planning some terrorist attack. There was a guy who wrote a manifesto recently. It was on, um, it came out, they was talking about bombing schools, bombing schools. I mean, these people are preparing for a fight. And when you, when our political leadership is even buying their propaganda or spreading their propaganda, and this is a lot like, um, a couple of these conflicts we're going to talk about that are analogs for what could happen. Um, as a government, the government basically takes its side and says, this is our side so long as it's convenient. And usually they do away with them or foster some type of, uh, you know, you know, split or schism in the leadership and then go after the parts <clears throat> or just relegate them to, you know, by flooding the zone with troops and relegating them to um, uh, ineffectualness or just uh, inability to operate. Um, but you see, or I see, but this messaging coming out of the government, particularly the, uh, attorneys general, uh, Merrick Garland, and thank God that dude wasn't a fucking Supreme Court justice. I mean, just looking, I mean, his interpretation of a lot of these laws is just spooky. I mean, it's just like, what the fuck are you seeing? Like, um, the election laws, a law that we go down a whole rabbit hole with that, but basically these are laws that are evenly applied to everybody. And unless you're operating on a, and on a stereotype of one group's, uh, inability to function to the point of not being able to get an ID or something like that, you know, like all black people can't get an ID unless you're buying into something like that, that like a basic requirement that's even free in most instances. It doesn't even require economic, you know, payout. There's no way you could see any, any uh, merit in a argument that the voting laws in Georgia are like racially based, like, and, and they, they've admitted this much. Stacey Abrams is kind of backtracked on her horse shit about, um, you know, the laws in Georgia being, um, you know, racially motive, motivated or anything or, or voter suppression. That's a crock of shit, you know. Uh, she just wants that 2020 model where basically everyone gets a ballot and you just walk around every goddamn household and people who just don't vote and you can see that they don't vote by looking at the roles like, okay, this person's never registered. Let's go talk to him and just say, Hey, uh, hey, Biden's going to give $1,200 checks. If we get a vote, that's like, that's implying a bribe. Come on, let's go. Hey, let me get that. I Hey, fuck it. You don't even need to go. You just fill out the applicator, fill out the ballot. I'll bring it in for you. Ballot harvesting with compulsory, to see Merrick Garland's interpretation of this is so gross and it just shows me also to see the same man talk about white supremacy. 
literally as the biggest national security threat. What is he smoking? Where are these people? What are the names of the groups? Why aren't you doing anything about it if they do exist? Um, why aren't we seeing any uh, attacks or arrests? Uh, like, like, uh, like, are they all just planning this in the shadows? And then how do you know? How are you surveilling these people? There's so much that goes into that bold statement, right? That of just white supremacy is the biggest national security uh, risk to America. That's just not there. And it's like, I am a criminal. I've spent time in prisons, in federal and state. I, I've seen a lot of these fringe groups. I've seen, I, I've sat across the table from a guy who's a white nationalist in a fucking, in a federal institution. <clears throat> I've met guys who are Aryan Brotherhood, who really aren't even white nationalists, but they are like under a white supremacy. Long story short. The white supremacists in this world are not in any position of power. They really aren't, nor should they. And they are so small, such an, a tiny, tiny little grain of sand in the big mix. And then you got the dumpster fire of Antifa constantly organizing, constantly becoming more brazen, attacking physically and uh, terrorizing people, threatening people, doxing people. And all this is like verifiable. It's, you know, horrifying. And the only reason why this has happened is because the left has seen Antifa as a um, convenient ally or a strange bedfellow or a fellow traveler, which is another communistic term, um, that basically we're in this fight against Donald Trump. Now that Donald Trump has, you know, gone the way of the buffalo and they're going to realize this is a big political inconvenience to have these people who, first of all, are so far left of what most Americans are willing to accept, even in theory rather than practice. And these people who are getting more and more brazen and literally, like I said, they're structured for a fight. Their um, tactics are ready for a fight. They are ready to to do battle and they are doing it as we speak these are just the opening salvos these are like the dress rehearsals and rehearsals for a uh civil war you know like like this is how we're gonna do it and i have to wonder why the government's backing their move and my big thing i think is literally be like the refrain whenever there's a lot of gun violence there's too many or there's too many guns Although we could look at like the common argument for that, and that was one of the things about the Democratic Party that I never liked as a Democrat, is like you know look at Montana, look at um, fucking my home state of Colorado, look at these places. There's there's places where there's a lot of gun violence, and they ha have a lot of um, gun laws or um, you know gun control so to speak, and um, they have a lot of crime. And, um, but the places that there are other places, there's a lot of guns. There's hardly any gun violence and hardly any, uh, street crime or anything like, like, like you can't use that argument. But the point is what I think they're trying to do, like with the January 6th attack, <laughs> dude, the, the way the messaging is going, like, that, that attack was worse. It was like an unauthorized 
uh, tour of the Capitol. Shit you not. And you can look. Now it's starting to come out that the real oversight, like Trump asked for a bunch of National Guard troops or, or at least said, hey, this thing could get out of hand. The Department of Defense offered troop, uh, like offered a bunch of assistance, National Guard troops, and and literally told the Capitol, the Mayor of D.C., Congress, Nancy Pelosi, this is big. Something's gonna happen this day. You guys need, uh, upon order of a Republican government or a Republican uh, president, you guys need to prepare, right? That's what was said and these people sat on their hands and you can see but a whole side of the capital was just unprotected that's where the protesters finally or went in in the first instance they just had some railings set up <clears throat> uh, why is that well my thinking is that the uh, move is to let the left let these antifa useful idiots Push and push and push and push until finally the right does something or starts to organize. And because you've had this messaging about white supremacists, about white nationalists, if a bunch of people happen to be white, like a Michigan militia, which has a lot of black people, has a lot of people of all colors and all races in it. I'm not backing the Michigan militia. I'm not backing any of these assholes. I'm just saying... If that were to manifest itself, that that would be enough. That would be fucking okay. Here, yeah, you see it? You see it? That's the white nationalists, and they're fucking organizing. They're getting ready, and we need to take away guns. I think it's all a big ploy to pass a bunch of laws, and it's sick and insidious because it's your ass and my ass in the fucking crossfire. They don't care how much people just get fucking dissolved into this machine that they're creating with these riots and this civil unrest and these constant these anarcho uh, communists like which is what antifa members are like these very very ex these literally extremists infringing upon you robbing you burning down your house all that shit they don't care about that they just want even a symbolic response to point and say hey hey republicans bad republicans bad people on the right bad white people bad white people bad take their fucking guns i uh, it's uh, you know censor them fuck and they're already doing it they're doing it i don't need to make this shit up you can see what they're doing you can see it on so that's why there's this whole donald trump um uh freaking lawsuit they're doing this already and what are they talking about every time? January 6th, January 6th. There has to be a mythology behind it because there wasn't... I mean, they talk, they still lie about it. They say five deaths. Uh, when the Democrats or the mainstream media, legacy media, brings this, brings this stuff up, they always talk about these deaths. Those were debunked in against the will of mainstream media. That Brian Sicknick guy died the next day. The only actual casualty on that day was a MAGA protester, the Ashley Babbitt woman, rest in peace. <clears throat> Brian Sicknick, rest in peace. No, I don't mean to talk about dead people in any way, you know. Um, anyway, so we can see the messaging. 
the government has chosen its side only for the time being. And then they'll just use the same laws that they pass to rein in the uh, the right and take away these guns and basically just open up for this great, great reset agenda that we're basically just open up the borders. Uh, all You know, just stuff that's um, counterintuitive to a lot of Americans' way of life. And, you know, whatever that is, they'll just use those same laws to... Uh, you know, pull in the lefties. If the lefties don't actually, you know, corrupt the entire process as it is and turn us into a communist state, turn us into Venezuela. So, um, that being said, what are, uh, we're going to talk about, you know, yeah, nobody wants to be Venezuela. That'd be fucked up. For real. Okay, so moment uh, of truth. What would this civil war look like? That pretty much is already being fought. Uh, what it? What is its parallels, or what would its parallels be? And who are the players? In the left, we've already seen Antifa or anti-fascists, and the myriad anarcho-communist uh, groups that are, you know freely just running amok in cities like Portland uh, and Seattle particularly. And this is where I'm going to make my judgment on this of what it would look like. Student of history now. But, um, and on the right, I I don't think, like I said, Proud Boys will not be part of it. There could be, it could be, but they're going to have to create a masked version and uh, it could be that where and where I'm going with this, like the IRA, the Irish Revolutionary Army, it could be an illegal organization that basically, um, or like a motorcycle gang, sometimes they'll have this component where it's like, hey, we're all legal, but you put on a ski mask and operate at night and do what you're going to do. And... Um, the, those would be the players. You have the anti-fascist and the black nationalist. And anti-fascist mean anarcho-communists. Because um, they're not... They're more... Their actual actions in, in the suppression of, the, of uh, opposition and stuff like that. Even their dress looks exactly like the black shirts. Mussolini's black shirts. I mean, shit you not. They look like fascists. They act like fascists. They, they've just created a bunch of communistic, you know, words of calling, you know, men, that, you know, and then uh, the BLM, you know, there's a story the other day where 11 black nationalists or they call themselves like the, the Moors, you know, and this Moorish philosophy, I've come across this actually being extradited across the country. It's kind of a funny story because... It was there was this guy, he's a black guy, and um, we we're being I was being extradited from Colorado to Illinois to go to prison for marijuana possession of all things. <clears throat> and on the way there, there was like they put you on a uh, a van with like twelve people in a fucking tiny van, and one of them was a female in a little segregated like fent or uh, there's a little gate you know muzzled gate between us, and it's either. Uh, Somebody who is in PC, like protective custody, or a female. 
and then 12 people. And there was some fuck, there was a guy who was sending uh, threatening letters to a congressman. There was some pretty far out there. There was a guy who had murdered somebody. He was going back to Wayne County, Michigan, like Detroit, to, to stand trial for that. Um, and then there was this um, Moorish National. And he had this really um, diluted kind of philosophy where he's like, I'm a um, citizen of the United Nations and I don't have a social security number. And I was like, well, you kind of do. And even the CEOs are kind of or the you know, transfer cops or uh, con- subcontractors for the U.S. Marshals. They're like, I've got your social security number right here. It's on your fucking form, dude. So, no, no, they, they don't apply to me. I, see, I don't even have a birth certificate. I was born in the UN. And he was talking about how uh, people were sea creatures because we were born in water. You know, like your uh, amniotic placental fluid or whatever. <laughs> Are you out of your fucking mind? It was more of like a... Um, uh, a, like a neurosis, like like schizophrenia. That's what it sounded like. The man was schizophrenic. The man fucking needed help, you know. Um, but he also would talk about how he hated white people so much, and that you know he started spouting out some of his NOI, Nation of Islam, how the white man was created. This the Nation of Islam's theology is. Whew, I mean, we're talking fucking crazy they believe that the white man was created by either crossing the two lightest complexion uh, black people or the mo- two darkest i think it's actually the two darkest complex or like basically from uh eugenics that white people were the creation of eugenics and that's where you have a lot of these people these black nationalists and this stuff is widespread now this is literally like handed out at blm like and it's NOI theology, but it's just packaged as like CRT kind of stuff. Like not CRT specifically, but it's just like, man, this is this is the real shit. This is the real scuttlebutt that they want you to know about, son. And you gotta check this shit out. You gotta open up your third eye and realize these white motherfuckers been you know robbing us. And <clears throat> it's marketed <laughs> to just normal black people. Like, huh? I'll, I'll go along because it's. It's a revisionist history that uh, explains, basically, black people actually the su- supreme race. They, I mean, these are like the words in it, man. It's black supremacy. That's what it is. And <clears throat> that white people were created in a lab through eugenics. And we were a cross. And only 600 years ago. So all of uh, European history is literally a... Um, like a figment of your imagination. Here's the kicker. And that they're waiting for an alien mothership to come down and kill all the white people or take them away from the white people. That is NOI. That is Nation of Islam. I've, uh, I went to prison in Illinois. The fucking um, headquarters, there was all kind. There was a guy named Yakub. I used to debate about this stuff. I'm like, really? So, and, and it was so easy to refute because... The, uh, like, there were some of these historic part pieces that were definitely, like, you couldn't 
not doubt him without just sounding like a fucking fool. You know, like, like, well, you go to a doctor, right? And the doctor is antibiotics. Well, that was created, you know, and that was created in response, you know, or inoculations. You've been, you've gotten vaccinated. You know how that was created. That was created, you know, 17 something or other. And the first person was, if you're a student of history, you can basically deduce down to a level where it's like, well, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, no shit. I'm right. Because I'm fucking not, you know, schizophrenic. But, um, so the Moorish group that was uh, arrested, um, there were like 11 guys and they were saying they're going, that they don't believe in American laws and that they're a sovereign nation and that they have private land out in the middle of nowhere. And they were arrested, I believe in Maine, um, is a recent thing. They were going to train with, they were heavily armed. They had fucking, you know, assault rifles and all kinds of stuff. These guys are getting ready for war, man. These guys are getting ready for action. There are mass shootings already happening. And so I think you'd have the black nationalists and the anarcho-communists. And then on the other side, you'd have some type of most likely something like Proud Boys or something like that that would actually be kind of like the the IRA actually started off as a above board uh, political movement called Sinn Féin or Sean Féin or something like that. It's Sinn Féin, but it's a, a political party that had a aspect to it that had, was an illegal army called Irish Re- Revolutionary or Irish Republican Army. I think it's Irish, Irish Re- Revolutionary Army. But in the 1916 Easter Uprising, and um, they fought basically a war of bombing, soft and hard tactics of British rule. And um, the other side in the Irish Troubles uh, were the UDF, the Ulster Defense Forces. And there's a few other paramilitary groups, but they were like a militia that was Protestant and wanted to be separate and have the Northern Ireland rule for, you know, they basically were like British loyalists. So that is kind of where I see the nature of this conflict. And the Irish troubles was highly localized and it was like two terroristic groups with the government, i.e. the British troops, the occupation, from I believe it might have been 1967 or something or 1971 until the 90s were there to uh, nominally keep the peace but they were actually there on the side of the UDF the Ulster Defense Force um, now that that would be the model that I see the only the other possible um, the other possibility would be the Spanish Civil War now the Spanish Civil War doesn't really fit. It could fit if the government ever goes towards like a collapse or a big portion of the government or the army decides to get in on one side. <clears throat> you had uh, Franco. Jesus Christ, Franco. Yeah, you had, you have one side. If Franco was a, um, like a defector from the army he or, or a uh, yeah he basically took his military unit in this already this breakup 
uh, this, you know, took advantage of this civil war that was starting between uh, the, like, uh, I think it was the Republican, it was basically the communists on the one side and then the Republicans on the other side. And he comes in and basically takes advantage of the schism and moves on everybody else. A little bit fuzzy because there's so many. Here's the other thing: the French or the Spanish Civil War. <clears throat> I'd actually have to have the source material. I'm kind of looking it up right here, but there were so many sides it got so confusing, and that's what undid it actually. Because the left, the people fighting that all the foreigners, yeah, the Popular Front government. So, um. So what you had, so it says, Spanish Civil War was a civil war in Spain fought from 1936 to 1939. Republicans loyal to left-leaning popular front government of the Second Spanish Republic in alliance with anarchist, communist, syndicalist variety, uh, or, or and syndicalist variety, fought against an insurrection by the nationalists in allegiance of phalangists, monarchists, conservatives, and traditionalists, led by a military group, among whom General Francisco Franco soon achieved a pre, uh, preponderant role. So that's what basically happened, is a bunch of leftist groups under the popular front. When they say left-leaning, it was literally Marxist. Um, so a bunch of political gr uh, groups on the left, and most of them were trade unions, uh, fought against, like, right-leaning or right-leaning nationalists and i just don't because a lot of that took a lot of um god a lot of first of all a lot of organized labor on the left in uh paramilitary aspects to that that was literally how it kicked off in the beginning is the first people to arm themselves were the labor unions they saw um the spanish king or was you know being deposed and they just immediately made a move um i that come this conflict came out of a fall of a monarchy that in um franco one of his moves was actually to put in the king back as a figurehead um when it was all said and done so i just don't seeing that being be seeing that i just see a the Irish Troubles, or Irish Civil War, however you want to carry it, that's what they call it, it's Irish Troubles, very um, uh, understated, you know, title for this military conflict, uh, which is typically Irish, you know, like, oh, we had a bit of a bad luck, and the fucking whole family's wiped out, you know, um, you gotta love the Irish, uh, you know, it, take it in stride, which is something that Americans are losing their ability to do is just shut the fuck up and stop complaining. So I see it basically being a lot like the Irish troubles and that, um, that would basically be how this plays out is one group wants this lefty ideal and the other side wants like a return, like, a return to uh, either to split away, like in in Oregon, for example, what would happen is, um, well, I guess I could get into that in another video, but that's what I see is basically two groups that hate each other, like 
like mortal fucking enemies and you can and they'll fight a um insura- or a guerrilla warfare or guerrilla tactics um terroristic bombings assassinations sniper attacks and turn small pockets or cities into war zones over localized fights that's what i would see a war in in america it's not like the whole country bursts into a conflict it would be something like uh the eastern half of oregon wants to vote to leave oregon and become greater idaho that vote doesn't go through because the house is you know run by democrats and they don't think that they can and they're protesting and here's a big thing is that the like the riot cops like the cops basically suck back which is what they've done the riot squad has said hey we're not going out anymore they protest and then the people on the left come out as they always do and start popping off shots at these guys and it just escalates all of a sudden these people are finding out where the others live and they're setting up barricades you can't don't come into our area the you know certain areas are, are no fly zones for the other you know you have the suburbs where there's basically fucking barricades and people stand there with armed guards um keeping you know leftist um um terrorists out of there you know people are trying to bomb them or assassinate them and this happens on both sides and that's how the civil war would be begin so it would be like the irish troubles so why is this happening and there's just a few reasons without getting into the weeds with the whole politics behind it is one that both sides hate each other. The uh, anarcho-communists with the black nationalists on side one and the conservative groups that are yet unknown. I mean, I could say the Proud Boys, but they, if they're going to fight, they can't do it under the Proud Boys flag. Um, I don't know who it would be on the right because they're not in it yet. But when they do get in it, it's going to be quick. And I mean, it's going to, um, I don't know who it is. I'm just going to say Proud Boys on the right. But why is it happening? They hate each other. One side on the right thinks that their way of life is being challenged. America's being challenged. They're being called a racist they're being called pri- uh, having like an er- inherent privilege, like w- calling somebody, uh, saying white privilege is like saying black laziness. It's a denigration based on your skin color. It's an assumption that what you have, you only got because you're white or, you know, like, or what, you know, it's a broad generality in any broad generality. It's like, ho- hold on. That doesn't tell my story. P- that's one of those communication things that we always tell people not to do is you know stay away from broad generalities that is almost like a conspiracy assumption you know it's based off some asshole who has a you know um very revisionist ugly way of telling uh 
the history of uh, Western liberal society. And the only reason why they can tell that story of Western liberal society is because they themselves are the benefactors of it. It, it. Like, if these things that they say are true were true, they wouldn't be able to talk about them. That, let's be real. Like, if there were actually white privilege, there wouldn't be Ibram X. Kemdi or the myriad black people on television or black politicians or, you know, um, Oprah Winfrey, the whole NFL, all of sport. Like, this wouldn't happen. There are some blind spots and there is racism in our country. But the right basically feels like, hey, you guys are living in fucking La La Land. And the left feels as a very... I'm, I'm not even going to try to shoot. I don't know. That's why I, I stepped the fuck away from the Democratic Party because they have this feeling of equity is true fairness. And that is based off of past. It's the past. It's a, it's a viewpoint on the past. And that we actually need to... Rather than practically solving these things, like, hey, black people aren't doing as well. This is the manifestation or the exhibition of this thing that's going on, this phenomenon. And, um, but the first best option is that we try to change our behavior, i.e. black people. Like, hey, let's, you know, start trying to figure out how to keep fathers in the homes. That could be a criminal justice reform. Let's try to keep kids out of gangs. Let's figure out why there's so much violence. There's a lot of things you could go to rather than just America's racist. Yep. Because you can't solve that. So you have a one society or one group thinking the other side is out to destroy their way of life. Probably true. And you have another side that is convinced that there is like this perceived wrong that can't be solved. It can't be forgiven it, because it never happened. That's the thing is that the more the like white society or white people, and I don't like the term whiteness either, or white people were descendants of Europeans or European uh, Americans. Um, th- that whole idea of whiteness is a very ugly thing and that's manufactured by these people. White is only just because it's just a convenient word for a bunch of European people that to, for um, point of census taking is like, well, you guys are basically all from Europe. So, you know, um, we'll go with that. But there's Asian white people. There's people, you know, there's white people from South Africa. There's white people from a lot of different places. So you can't, you know, of European descent, it gets into a little bit of a, you know, so... But, so yeah, you have a perceived wrong on one side that just, or, yeah, so, what I was going to say is, the more you apologize, the more is demanded, because you've now justified these people's demand, right? If you're apologizing, then you did something wrong, right? Uh, You know, and that's the whole thing, it's like, and the only reason why people are apologizing is that there's, like, guilt in that these people really never really had to struggle or anything but there's a lot of black people who never had to struggle there's a lot of people of all races that came to this country and had some type of 
uh, inherited wealth that they were going to get. It's not just white people. So, um, but because of the indoctrination at the college level, they honestly, like these super liberal white people honestly think it's their job to be the savior of all black people and that they are in the wrong and then they need to do the work. It sounds like Alcoholics Anonymous. It literally sounds like these people are drug addicts talking about, you know, like, man, I need to do the work. Like, what? What is this some type of thing you're addicted to? Is this type of mental illness? It's your skin color. You should, don't need to feel shame because you're born as a white person. So this is the indoctrination, but there's only so much after the brainwashing wears off and the apology isn't accepted. And you go say, hey, man, are we all good? Like, I'm your ally, right? I'm your ally. Like, fuck you, white boy. You know, that right there, you walk away and say, fuck him. You know, I'm, I guess I'm not his ally. I guess I had that fucked up, you know. So that's kind of where I see this going is um, that uh, it's happening because people hate each other in that the left is starting to get more brazen because the cops. So they hate each other. The ideologies are convinced that this is a zero sum, like has to win the other way. And honestly, I, I got to agree with the one, the right. I just have to, um, because I'm aware of both sides <clears throat> and the police are just abandoning <clears throat> their jobs for a good reason. Because they're going to get indicted if they have to shoot somebody. They're going to be spit on and called, uh, you know, homosexual um, pejoratives and epithets and nasty things. And, and be put on social media and, you know, all kinds of horrible things for doing their job and trying to help people. Trying to keep these people, a lot of times, or these, you know, really good people in this neighborhood are basically being held hostage by criminals and malcontents and all kinds of fucked up shit that's going on. And it's like, why step in the middle of it? Because I'm going to end up losing my livelihood and I'm not even getting paid that much. <clears throat> now, the big thing that I've seen is Portland. The, just recently, the riot squad, it's kind of a almost sounds like a movie title, but they quit and there was a face-off between these like proud boys, kind of like, you know, people on the right, you know, Bible, I think actually they were doing some type of Bible prayer and then the thing in the LA, or LA that happened recently <clears throat> over a, a spa where a man who at the time was feeling like a woman decided to expose himself to a bunch of women in a women's locker room, which used to be a sex crime. We used to prosecute that kind of thing, but, um, and I believe soon we would, that's the only way to return to it. It's not okay to start exposing yourself to children just because you have some type of what is a mental illness. If it's not actually treated, right? Like if I'm a, damn, anyway, that's a whole nother subject, but um, you have these instances where there's no cops stopping what's going to happen. And what I would think would be a flashpoint is in Oregon, um, 
there's there's going to be a schism, a split, where the east side wants to become part. And they've talked about this with California, but the east side wants to become greater Idaho. Now, they probably won't be able to get this vote, right? Um, the Oregon's not going to want the eastern half to split off. And they're going to start protesting. And guess who's going to show up? Because they always do. Antifa folks and the BLM folks. And all it takes is a couple of shots and then a retaliation to happen. And then we have a full-scale civil war. <clears throat> and um, when I say full-scale, full-scale full scale is in the Irish Troubles <clears throat> where people start bombing, you know, this building or that. And it's all, like I said, it's happening on the left all the time. They're, uh, you know, go, trying to set buildings on fire, um, you know, fucking it's gotten to the point of gun violence, but it's mostly, um, vandalism and, you know, organized fucking riots. And there's a point where, and this is a clear distinction where a protest turns into a riot. And that's when people start getting unruly and becomes an unlegal gathering. And then a riot becomes a military action when these people in an organized group, they call it like, um, a mob action in prison is what they call it is where you start here as a group and move over to another area and start attacking those people right when that starts happening when the riot to, or the protesters are right and the right who's in military action and then there's a, an opposite action the civil wars already started and i think there might have been instances of this happening i have to do some deep dive research but that's how it would happen is um and i think in the next year we're gonna see it and i think some uh, big companies know it could happen <clears throat> and the left is just hoping 2022 elections happen before this happened <clears throat> and that might be what sparks it on the left i don't know but we're it's a fucking field of tinder and it's waiting for a spark that's it so it, watch the flashpoints, watch Portland and watch Washington State. It's all kind of ridiculous and <clears throat> yeah. So I hope none of this happens and I honestly think like the wonderful thing about America is that the pendulum swings back and uh, you know, law and order, like in New York City. Who'd they vote for? They voted for the law and order candidate. I forget the gentleman's name, but he used to be a police commissioner. He's talking about he wants to carry in the city streets of um, of New York. Big thanks, but no thanks to the socialist Democrats who are literally just the bane of this country. If we just get back to because most people are in the middle. It might not be efficient. It it's not radically change like radical change but um that's not the type of society or country you want to live in where things just are out of control which is you know yeah you can sit there and write a philosophical paper but oh it'd be wonderful if we could do this and this and this and I, I, some of my podcasts here are going to be little ideas and projects like but some of them are just like term limits some of these things that we could do um, it, you know, the extremism is what's going on. 
it's what's the problem. So, um, yeah, and on both sides, but the left are the ones that have the cover of the media, and they're the ones already preparing for the fight. They're structured for the fight, like I said, and literally, you know, they're gathering arms. You can see uh, this happening. I mean, um, and they're writing manifestos about bombing schools and shit, dude. It's... um, if you're not following Andy No and don't listen to the misinformation about him, if you were to look up his Wikipedia, it's like, oh, he's an alt-right commentator. No, he's a journalist. Um, I can't speak for his complete integrity, his whole life, or anything like that. But um, generally, his stuff that I've ever seen is verifiable. There's video. There's, like, he's, a lot of times, he's, you know, not just his own source but it's like literally hey this is the video of said thing happening the police had made this statement this and this happened the public records all this stuff if you want to find out about this because the hot spots are going to be if it happens portland and um seattle san francisco la new york baltimore these are the, where the people are going to literally try to act out the eat the rich. <laughs> it might actually not be such a slogan when it's fucking said and done. Um, and for what? Uh, Marxism. You know? Collectivism. Not Americanism. So, anyway, my name's Jay Krupka. Uh, like and subscribe. This is the channel Guerrilla Literati. Uh, bringing back writing. I'm also a writer. I'm going to start um, publishing some of my stuff um, myself. I've been looking for publishing in the current marketplace, but then I'm fuck them. Bunch of, you know, wokies. But, um, and so Grill Literati and then Black Maria Broadcast. You can find tidbits of this, like broken up for smaller consumption and um, some comedy stuff I do. I do like. 20 different impressions and a bunch of crazy stuff and um it's it's a hoot so anyway uh talk to you soon like and subscribe baby bye